and welcome back to Cape Corner, where we explore the history, story, and cultural impact of a different character or group every episode. I'm Blue. And I'm Jay. And together we are Blue Jay. <laughs> Sorry. I just realized recently that like all of our names have like pun pairings, because like Jordan's thing is his internet pseudonym is Jordan Blue Man. And I'm beyond blue so we're beyond blue man <laughs> and then you're jay and i'm blue so we're blue jay <laughs> we should just start introducing ourselves as that if it's just us on a podcast yeah <laughs> um today is going to be an episode that we've been planning for a few weeks and different episode ideas or issues came up, and so it's been being put off. But we're finally here. Uh, we are going to talk about our first My Hero Academia character. Um, so if anyone out there, all both of you uh, listening, has not watched my hero academia jay why don't you give them a a quick uh like why why should they watch my hero academia well for one it's a really good show (laughs) um good (laughs) it's literally all about superheroes and they have so many different and diverse powers like None of the bland shit, like, just flight or super strength or anything like that. Just... Even even when they do touch on stuff, you know, that you've kind of seen before, because of the way the powers, the quirks, are presented, they have physical limitations that make them way more interesting. Like, the main character has super strength, but unlike Superboy or Superman or something, his super strength breaks his bones. (laughs) so it or like there's a guy who can walk through walls but because he's passing through objects he can't breathe because air passes through his lungs so it's like it's not you know a gritty deconstruction like the boys or something but it is like let's take the optimism of superheroes but also what if their powers were a bit more realistic what if the guy who makes giant ice walls gets cold and starts bordering on hypothermia if he uses too much ice? Stuff like that. It's also a really good commentary on the failings of society, especially in terms of people with like disabilities and stuff. Mm, it really is, though. Yeah. So uh I know that you are actually fresh thinking of that because the episodes that you were just watching were touching on some of that. Yeah. <laughs> I had to catch up. <laughs> uh like uh, suffice to say, go watch my hero academia. It's like the hottest anime out right now for a reason. Um if you've never been super big into the shonen genre. Um, which is like Dragon Ball Z and Naruto and stuff like that. I understand, but 
this is deeper than those. Um, and I say that loving, <laughs> you know, Dragon Ball Z and to a slightly lesser extent, Naruto. Uh, so just trust me on this. Um, but today we're going to be talking about a very contentious character that I feel should not be nearly as contentious as he is. Uh, well, uh, nicknames. I guess. I guess I'm gonna have to say today we're going to be talking about uh, King Explosion Murder or Lord Explosion Murder or just Kachan. <laughs> we'll be talking about uh, Bakugo Katsuki. And by the way. I, I said the name Japanese style there, which I did not do for Sakura Haruno or Sasuke Uchiha. Um, for, for those of you unaware, the Japanese use a family name first and a given name second. So it's the reverse order of our typical American first name, last name. Um, so his, his name in our style would be Katsuki Bakugo. His name is Katsuki. His family name is Bakugo. Um, also, fun fact, Baku uh, was one of the first Japanese, like, uh, prefixes that I learned. Oh, really? Um, it means explosion, because <laughs> uh, he, uh, well, like, I, I first learned it because of Bakugan, which um, I think literally translates to exploding balls. Because they're like little marbles that you roll onto the cards, and then they pop open to reveal a figurine. Um, and then later on, I would learn that a move that Nappa uses in Dragon Ball Z, where he lifts two fingers and blows up a city, uh, is called Bakuhatsu, which just basically means big-ass explosion. So it's pretty much the equivalent of saying BFG. Yeah, well, in, uh, in the American version, I believe they call it Volcano Explosion, which you know, still sounds pretty cool. But, uh, uh, yeah. So, let's also talk for a moment. Um, this is also the 20th anniversary of September 11th. Um, you know, very serious day in history. Um, so, let's talk very seriously about it by discussing a guy who can make explosions from his hands. <laughs> and look, if anyone got offended or whatever, just now fuck off. Because look, here's here's the upsetting truth is that September 11th wasn't even that big of it. Like, it was a tragedy, okay? But it wasn't like the greatest only bad thing to happen in American soil in the past 20 years. If you're If we're being real, the past year and a half, We've had like multiple month long stretches of days where every day more people died than during the September 11th tragedy, but people don't want to fucking get upset about that. So why should I give a, get upset about something 20 years old? Wait, I would rather. Wait. Huh? Hold on a sec. Is today 9-11? It is. I didn't even realize that. It just clicked with my mind when you said t September 11th. <laughs> I'm very glad that it's Saturday and that I don't have to be at work and socializing with people 
hearing them fucking talk about 9-11 because I'm so sick of talking about it. I just make 9-11 jokes. <laughs> and, like, I'm sure, like, it, especially if anyone listening is not American, you might be going, is this a little insensitive? No, trust me. Like, we've become so jaded because our country will not shut the fuck up about this goddamn, like, yeah, I'm aware it was bad, but at a certain point, you get beat over the head with it so much that you're just like, okay, now it's pissing me off. Pretty much. <laughs> Um. All right, but anyway, uh, Bakugo. Uh, so do you? Uh, what 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 aspect of Bakugo would you like to talk about most? Would you like to talk about like his backstory or personality or his abilities or what? What would you like to? I think I want to go with his abilities first. I always liked his abilities. All right. Why don't you tell us what he he can do, and then I'll tell us about like his background and whatnot. Okay. His ability is called explosion, which he literally just creates mini explosion in his hands, like grenades and shit. <laughs> and he can he's learned to use those explosions to pretty much fly, honestly, <laughs> which is pretty badass. Uh, he, there's a Sorry, there's a cross-promotion thing that happened a few years ago with Avengers Infinity War and My Hero Academia, where... Really? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The My Hero characters were promoting the Avengers Infinity War movie in 2018. That's awesome. (laughs) It was really cool. And it was all of them talking about what characters they related to. Um... Uh, Deku related to Captain America uh, All Might related to the Hulk um, uh, I think Ochako related to Black Widow uh, Ida related to it was like Doctor Strange I think which was a kind of a weird one uh, Todoroki related to Thor um, and Bakugo related to Iron Man, who can also fly from essentially explosions coming out of his hands and feet. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So there's actually a bunch of fan art out there, if you look for it, of the My Hero characters dressed in the Avengers outfits. I'm surprised. I'm surprised they didn't dress up uh, Deku as Spider Man. Well, it's because uh, they were focusing more on, like, the main core Avengers. Um, and also, oh. like, he, he, you gotta remember, while while Horikoshi loves Spider-Man, this was pre-Black Whip. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So they were focusing more on Deku's personality, which does lean very Steve Rogers. Mm. Oh. Sorry, I just realized he actually kind of had a nomad arc recently. <laughs> uh, who? Oh, um, in the 70s when Ronald Reagan was president, um, Captain America or Steve Rogers got so sick of our country's bullshit that he stopped being Captain America. He changed his outfit and his name and started calling himself Nomad. 
And um, in Infinity War, when he doesn't have the star on his chest and he's got the beard and everything, um, he is, uh, they don't say it, but he's Nomad in that movie. Oh, I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's because he's, he can't look like Captain America because, you know, he's got to be inconspicuous since they're on the run. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I always thought that was a neat little touch for those of us who are in the know. I'm not even going to lie. I didn't even notice that he didn't have a uh, star in his chest. You can actually see there's like a slightly off-color spot on his chest in the shape of a star, so he clearly ripped the bright white star off. Mm. Um, but yeah, uh, sorry, you can continue with Bakugo's abilities. <laughs> He also uses the uh, explosions to make him faster and more agile. Mm -hmm. A lot of really good midair maneuverability from him. Oh, yeah. Amazing. And aside from, I'm just going to state the obvious, yeah, he can use the explosions to hurt people, but that's not (laughs) me. (laughs) Well, what's really cool, too, is that um, the, the thing with quirks in My Hero is that they're very much treated like muscles. They can get strained, but you can also train them up. And a big part of his training was learning that instead of just opening his whole palm and making a big explosion, he can also focus his explosions to smaller points to essentially make, again, very much like Iron Man, fucking like beam blasts of explosive force. which he calls uh, armor-piercing shot or AP shot. Mm. Um, one of his coolest moves, like it's his ultimate in the fighting games. Um, he launches himself up in the air with an explosion, um, crosses his arms uh, diagonally down across his chest, uh, starts alternating, making explosions to start spinning himself faster and faster. Um and like barrels his way down at the opponent while spinning so fast that it's creating a little whirlwind around him and it ends it with one of his biggest explosions so he becomes a fire tornado essentially and he calls it howitzer impact it's really cool <laughs> um also he uh designed his suit to enhance his abilities. Want to uh, talk about the things his suit lets him do? Um. Yeah. The uh, he has gauntlets. I probably didn't pronounce that correctly. <laughs> Gauntlet. Yeah. Which uh, store up his energy so he can make uh, bigger explosions. Which is pretty cool. And can they're I, in like... the shape of grenades, obviously. Yeah. Can I point out, it's not his energy. Um, so, his, okay, so the thing about quirks in the series is that a lot of times they're genetic. Uh, two parents that each have different quirks will have their quirks mix or blend in some way into something new. So, mm. his father had oxidizing sweat, which... Um, meant that if he were to rub his hands together really fast to create a lot of friction um, 
he could make explosions from his hands, but he had to like force the you know heat and the friction to make his sweat come out. Um, and his mother has a quirk called glycerin, which glycerin by itself uh, is actually like a beauty product. Uh, it keeps her skin looking uh, smooth and young, so she's actually a model. Um, secreted at will. All she has to do is think about it and it can come out of her pores. Uh, uh, so their quirks mix to create explosion, which is actually Bakugo can generate nitroglycerin from the palms of his hands at will, which then explodes. So it's it's his sweat, which also functions as nitroglycerin. Um, and so the gauntlets actually store up his sweat over time, which also means that as a battle goes on, he gets stronger because he's sweating more and more the more he fights and exerts himself. You know, I actually completely forgot that it was all about his sweat. There was pretty much an entire episode all about that, and I forgot about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, you know what? It leads to a fascinating fan theory, actually. Because uh, everyone always talks shit about Bakugo's personality. But people don't seem to realize he can literally die if he doesn't act the way he does. Mm. So get this. If a human being gets nitroglycerin in their body, it actually slows their heart rate. Really? Yeah. And it can slow it to the point where you just die because you don't have enough blood pumping through your body. So a lot of him acting over the top and crazy is literally a physical necessity to keep his heart pumping at a certain pace so that he doesn't fucking die <laughs> like if he's not over the top and extremely volatile and emotional he, he could just fucking drop dead damn yeah so uh fuck off haters <laughs> um but uh I guess we can Oh, uh, he's also got little um, empty grenades on his belt, which he can fill up with his sweat uh, to then give to others so that others actually have explosive capabilities as well. I forgot about that, but now that you mentioned that, I do actually remember a specific instance where that was used. Yeah, that was actually great. That, and that was almost more of a move from uh sarah hanta who i think is criminally underrated i really like sarah is she the one that can create anything with her body that is yaiyorozu momo okay i mixed them up then <laughs> sarah is the guy with tape that comes out of his uh elbows oh okay um he uh so okay what's great about him first of all his mask uh, like his helmet it looks like a tape dispenser have you ever noticed that yeah yeah i did <laughs> um, also his name is a pun um his hero name so um uh he chose the hero name cellophane uh which you know is like the kind of rapping yeah um but what's great is that because of the way the japanese pronounce their l's 
Uh, it's actually Seraphine, and his name is Sarah. Oh, that's neat. <laughs> <laughs> I love shit like that. Horikoshi is big on pun names, um, and he does a fantastic job with it. Some names have like, okay, uh, sorry to go off on this tangent real quick, but uh, you know Labrava. Mm, yeah, her name is like four things. <laughs> so uh in japanese again because of the way uh that l's and v's are pronounced as r's and b's uh her name uh is rabu raba all right now rabu raba can be la brava which is what you know it's often uh done as in english but it can also be Love Robber uh, uh, Wait, hang on There's there's four of them It's Love Love Robber I know the last one I want to say for last um, Oh, Love Lover uh, Or love rubber <laughs> and i know that last one sounds like a condom but it also makes sense when you take into account gentle's ability which is to make things rubbery yeah my me- immediate thought went straight to condoms <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like what a fucking like uh, a name that means like four different things in one and they're all accurate to her character she you know has the power of love literally is a robber loves a guy who makes rubber stuff and uh la brava also means like the brave mm. so yeah um so i'm actually going to since we brought up the fact that the nitroglycerin causes Bakugo to act a certain way, let's talk about his personality now. So when he was a kid and I want to just bury the lead here. Um, I relate a lot to Bakugo because, and again, look it guys, this isn't me bragging. I'm just going to talk about, you know, my history real quick but i was a genius growing up um and people caused me to put a lot of stock into my intelligence especially because again i was a little autistic kid i didn't know how to socialize so people didn't really like spending time with me so i sort of felt like my intelligence was all i had going for me it was the only thing people got excited about. And so I started feeling like my intelligence was all I had. It was everything. Um, but I was also physically gifted. You know, I was stronger than a lot of the other kids. I, um, And it led to me developing early feelings of superiority. But because nobody wanted to hang around me, it also made me angry because it was like, how dare you? Like, I'm better than you. Like, 
how dare you treat me like there's something wrong with me and so i wound up getting in a lot of fights when i was a kid and anytime someone questioned my intelligence which they had a right to do i may have been smart i was still like five i didn't know everything but it would make me angry because it would be like that's the one thing i really got how dare you try and take that away from me um and it made me like i was hurt a lot as a kid because of stuff like that and i would lash out with anger and violence and so i i see a lot of myself in younger bakugo he had a very similar thing he grew up naturally very gifted at just about anything he put his mind to he was brave and he was strong and he was smart and that's a thing that people tend to forget about bakugo he's smarter than deku is he um, is though. <laughs> during their midterms deku got uh fourth and bakugo got third in the class um, but yeah, he's, he's just smart and strong and brave and cool. And he was the leader of a group of kids. And when his quirk manifested, uh, explosion, immediately the preschool teachers were gassing him up, talking about how that's a fantastic quirk. He'll make a great hero someday. And that was the last thing he needed to start thinking, oh, I'm amazing. I'm more amazing than everyone else around me. And when Deku was revealed to be quirkless, uh, it created a sort of philosophy in Bakugo's mind. It was, uh, what was that one? Oh, what's it called? It's the thing uh, where empires feel they have a right to rule through strength. Um, fuck. Um, it's it's like destiny or something like that. There's a word uh, that it uh, manifest destiny. That's it. Oh, yeah. Um. Sorry, that took me so long. I look again. I only woke up a little while ago, so. <laughs> um, but uh, he almost felt it was a bit of like manifest destiny in that having a quirk didn't make you strong. You got a quirk because you were strong, and so Deku wasn't weak because he was quirkless. He was quirkless because he was weak. And that mindset wound up laying a major foundation. Uh, it, it was the tender that a single spark was able to ignite because it still wasn't enough for Bakugo to like kick Deku out of his childhood group. So he would still hang out with them. Um, and one day when they were walking across a fallen log that was acting as a bridge uh bakugo slipped fell into the water below but it was shallow water and he was fine and in his mind he's like of course i'm fine i'm 
I'm me. Look at me. I'm I'm good. Don't worry about me. But Deku rushed down to see if he was hurt, just in case. And Deku didn't think twice about it because you know it's like, oh, you know, my friend fell. I want to see if he's okay. And that made Bakugo angry. And I see a lot of people unable to understand why it made him angry. And I want you to think of it this way. Think of like you are protecting a child. And, you know, you're walking together and anytime this child is about to like dumbly walk into a wall, you readjust their path. Or, um, I don't know, like, they're about to eat paste and you have to, like, knock it out of their hand. Or they're about to stick a fork in an electrical socket and you have to pull them away. And you're just like, you know, it's a dumb little kid. You know, I gotta help them. They're helpless without me. And one day, like, you fall and... Like, they come over to you and start talking to you about how you shouldn't get up right away. You know, you got to check if you've got a concussion. And they start fussing over you. It, you would be like, what What do you... No, I'm the one that takes care of you. Fucking... <laughs> what are you doing? This isn't the way this dynamic is. It's... It, like... It, it's kind of the way Baku felt, like... I'm the one that's strong. You're the one that's weak. If anyone should be worrying about anyone, I should be worrying about you. How dare you? How dare you treat me like you could help me? Like, I'm not lesser than you. I'm above you. And the way All Might puts it uh, towards the end of season two really helps contextualize it. It's that Bakugo is a mass of pride but pride is not the antithesis of shame it is the source of shame when you feel so incredibly proud of yourself you have an ego that's filled to bursting all it takes is one little needle to pop it and for him that needle was izuku acting like he could help him and for the next years bakugo would bully deku because of that um and the the main point that everyone brings up when they talk about how much they hate bakugo is that in episode one uh, Bakugo was mocking Deku about the fact that he was quirkless and said, you know, there is one more way you can try to get a quirk. Pray that you'll be born with one in the next life and take a last chance dive off the roof. And yeah, nobody likes it when someone tells someone else to kill themselves. And that's valid. But also, for everyone who is like disgusting... I don't care what sort of character development Bakugo has gone through. He told someone to kill themselves once, and I don't like bullies, and so he should fucking burn. Let me ask you, were you ever in middle school? Are you older than 11? <laughs> because if you are older than 11, I want you to use your knowledge and memory of middle school 
and think about how many times you told someone to kill themselves because if you say you didn't you're a fucking liar it is almost guaranteed because that's the age where kids start to tell edgier jokes or insults when I was in middle school I heard almost everyone say kill yourself at some point I said kill yourself myself is it okay no but that's what fucking kids do and like this insistence that they take the one worst thing he said in episode one when he was 14 and try to use that to color their idea of him when he's like uh, going on 17 now. <laughs> like, what is wrong with you guys? Honestly, I don't... You, you want character development for other characters, but you don't like it for this one because he started in a really bad place. Again, let's use that Avengers analogy real quick. You know who else started in a really bad place but everyone loves? Goddamn Iron Man. He was a fucking scumbag. He was sleeping with random women after negging them and building weapons to slaughter people over like political differences. Like I don't I don't care that he makes a good quip. Tony Stark was a bad man. And yet you're all going to fucking cry in Endgame when he does the snap. So what's the issue? What, just because you didn't see Tony bully someone directly? Like, I hate to break it to you, Bakugo told someone a jabbing insult Tony has blood on his hands. And a lot of it. Rivers. <laughs> so it's not even comparable. Tony is way worse than Bakugo. But you are all down for his redemption arc. And I think the reason that people are so livid on Bakugo is because it is more uh, everyday. It is more personal. It is more relatable. Um but also, while Tony, again, has a very jokestery personality, Bakugo seems very angry. And, like, I see people to this day that don't understand. Every time he shouts, die, he's not literally trying to kill people. That's, like, his battle cry. Like, like fucking, if you really don't understand... Look at the concert that they have in season four where he says, let's kill everyone in UA with music and then starts drumming. Like, at that point, you gotta understand, you, you gotta start to notice that he uses die and kill very liberally. He doesn't mean them literally. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and talking about development see this is another thing so i see people compare him to endeavor a lot uh for those of you unaware endeavor is the number two hero in the start of the show he 
is a big salty poo-poo man about All Might, who is the number one hero, and about how he cannot measure up to him, no matter how hard he tries. And so Endeavor's response was, okay, my power is Hellflame. It's pretty cool, but it overheats me. If I could just not overheat, I would be able to beat All Might's ass. I know. Check out that lady over there with the ice quirk. I will use my power and influence to buy her family to essentially get them to sell her to me so that she will be my wife so I can breed her at my leisure and literally starts popping out kids one after another with the intention of mixing their ice and fire quirks in a suitable way to where their um, their thermal weaknesses are canceled out to make a, a essentially superhero. Uh, and it takes him four attempts. He has this woman have four babies, but she has one with half cold, half hot, so the left side of his body generates fire and the right side generates ice. And whenever he starts to overheat, he can just start using the ice. Whenever he starts to get cold, he can start using the fire. It's, you know, the perfect blend of them. And uh, he, it, so he's a borderline rapist and he is then also a child abuser, and he is also a domestic abuser. He beat his wife until she became so afraid of him that she developed a Pavlovian response. And to talk about science real quick, those of you who don't know what a Pavlovian response is, because I've also seen these same shitty people who hate Bakugo talk about how they think Rei Todoroki is the actual one that abused her son uh, because she's the one that threw the kettle at him. Let me tell you real quick, uh, there was a scientist named Pavlov who was studying the brain's response to conditioning. Uh, he would ring a bell and then hit a dog. And then after a week, he would ring a bell and then hit the dog. And then another week, he would ring a bell and then hit the dog. And then when he would ring the bell after that, the dog would flinch and it would start panicking because it associated the sound of the ringing bell with getting hit. So... For her, every time she saw her husband, who has red hair and blue eyes, and she got hit, she started developing a Pavlovian response to red hair and blue eyes. So when she's on her breaking point, on the phone with her mom, with a kettle of boiling water in front of her, panically talking about how she has to get out because she's afraid she might hurt one of her kids, and then her kid peeks his left side around the doorframe, and she sees his red hair and his blue eye, she panics and she tries to defend herself by throwing the kettle. It is lashing out in a moment of fear. And only afterwards does she realize that it was her son. And she immediately goes and tries applying ice to him, crying about the fact that she hurt him. So no, she's not the abuser. You fucking scumbags. Stop excusing the actual domestic abuser. I don't understand why people like to victim blame. It's gross. It's disturbing. Like, anything sh bad that she does is because of what he did to her. You have to understand that victims of severe trauma, uh, they get 
fucking broken mentally and emotionally and they can wind up hurting others because of how badly they were hurt. It's like if uh, and this isn't a great analogy but it's just the first one I thought of uh, like alcohol impairs a person and then while that person is driving they get into a crash which hurts someone else. It's not that they're a bad driver it's that the alcohol made them drunk. And again I'm aware that in that analogy, it requires the choice of driving while drunk, but you get what I mean. The point is that it's not that she is abusive. It's that she is reacting in a way that is symptomatic of her abuse from Endeavor. But all this to say, people compare Endeavor, a grown-ass man beating little children and women, all because he wants to beat a beat up another guy vicariously through his son to a teenager who once told another teenager to kill himself. And you all like Endeavor's redemption, so what the fuck? What the fuck, guys? I am starting to soften up on Endeavor I am buying his redemption. But I am not nearly as quick to forgive him as I am to forgive Bakugo, who has been showing, like, it's been slowly drip-fed to us throughout the seasons that he is aware of his shortcomings and that he has been growing. Ever since um, the episode Bakugo's start line, which is, like, episode 8, I think, or 9, it's one of those, of, um, of season 1, after he lost to Izuku, and then uh, Momo criticized him, and then he saw Shoto in action, and at the end of it, he's fucking crying and screaming that he thought that Momo was right, he thought he couldn't beat Todoroki, you know, he's realizing now, his entire life, he was a big fish in a small pond, and now he's at UA, where just being him no longer means he can just automatically be the best he actually has to put in effort it is a shock to his systems uh and from there he starts to realize his weaknesses to the point where when he joins endeavor's agency in the recent season um while the others start talking about specific things they want to learn to do bakugo says i'm actually here to learn what i can't do and immediately, like, Vernon um, takes that as him being cocky. And he's like, I'm not being cocky. I'm really good at just about everything I do. But I realize that if I wrestle my laurels and just assume that I'm good at everything, then I'm going to fail. I need to learn my limitations before I can start focusing on how to fix them. And that was also reflected in um, the way he was reacting to the leader of the shitty kids in that one season four episode. You remember when they were dealing with the kindergartners? Yeah. Uh, do you remember what he told uh, that kid who had a major arrogance issue? Um, no, I actually don't. Um, he, well, first of all, his immediate reaction was to start um, 
uh, this is a bit that people don't, haven't noticed a lot. I've noticed uh, he his immediate reaction is, so these kids are all acting this crazy because there has to be a leader among them pushing them this way. And the others are like, so what do you suggest we do? And he's like, we hang them up by string and then fucking th- have the other kids throw rocks at them. It'll <laughs> undermine them so much that they'll know that we're in charge. And, and Shoto is like, we're not going to abuse kids. And uh, Bakugo at first is like, uh, why? What's your issue? And then like he remembers because he was eavesdropping when um, Shoto was first telling Izuku about his abuse situation. Mm. And then he backs down because he realizes that's heavy shit and that's fucked up and he's not going to say it out loud but he's like yeah all right you're right i probably shouldn't do that like he's got to be confrontational about it he's like fine let's see what you plan instead but it's still his way of saying okay we won't you know hurt them then because i'm aware that you were hurt as a kid, and that's a big deal for you. They really need to start putting some more respect on his name. But anyway, um, so then later on, he does find this kid, grabs him by the wrist, and is like, all your friends are playing. Come on, let's go have fun. And he's like, what? Why should I play with those fools? And Bakugo just very seriously looks back at him and says, uh, if you spend your whole life looking down on others, you'll never recognize your own weakness. him (laughs) he's very clearly talking from a place of experience yeah and this is why like it makes me sad it like i'm actually getting emotional here it upsets me that people don't give him that recognition because izuku's journey is like your typical shonen protagonist journey The hero needs to learn the confidence to believe in themselves and to find the power to do what they need to do. But Bakugo's journey is the opposite. He already has the power. He has the confidence. Now he needs to learn humility and caring for his fellow man, which is what most protagonists start off with. All Might exemplifies it in the idea that heroes are meant to do two things, win and save people. Izuku already wants to save people, but he doesn't start with the ability to win. Bakugo starts with the ability to win, but not with the desire to save people. So both of their journeys have to go in opposite directions so that they can meet in the middle. And really again to bring it back to me that's the journey i had to go on i had to learn to understand other people i had to learn to care about other people to feel for the fact that while everything came easily to me my classmates were struggling instead of mocking them for being stupid, I should start wanting to help them. After all, I have this ability to quickly learn things. So when they're having trouble, maybe I should help them. Since I've already got it, it's not like it's going to waste my time 
to use that extra time I have to help them catch up. And Bakugo has been taking that journey consistently. Again, in his day-to-day life, he's still obnoxious. He's brash. He's loud. He's aggressive. But that's just his personality. You need to learn to read between the lines with this shit. And people are so against doing that. (laughs) They only want to take everything he says and does at the extreme face value. And it just makes me wonder, have you even been paying attention to the show at all? All the characters have had a realization at some point that Bakugo is more than what he says. You can tell by his actions that there's an underlying meaning to what he's doing. And they all come to respect him because of that. Like, a decent example is when they're trying to get a band together to uplift the spirits of everyone at UA. And um, they are begging Bakugo to drum for them because he's fantastic at it. And he starts saying, like, as if I would do that. And they're like, come on, Bakugo, don't be stingy. And he's like, stingy? You guys are being selfish. You're not actually out here to help everyone. You just feel bad about the fact that uh, our like existence has caused them all some misery. You're here to make yourselves feel better by putting out a token effort to placate them. Well, I'm not going to do this if we're trying to act like we're doing it for the sake of others. Honestly, I'm pissed off that they're blaming us for the shit that we went through. We didn't ask to get kidnapped by villains. We didn't ask to get attacked over and over again. I didn't ask to literally get taken hostage. But they're mad at us? Fuck that. If I play this music, I'm going to do it to put them in their place. Let's kill everyone at UA with our sound. And uh, Invisible Girl, Hagakure, says, uh, your wording's kind of scary, but yay! (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I need people to start understanding, is that his vocabulary is not the point. It's the message behind what he's saying. That's the point. Because, again, he didn't literally mean let's kill everyone. He meant we're going to get our emotions out there and impact everyone through this music. Stop trying to play it just to make them happy. But it's hard to put into words. But you get what I mean, right? Yeah. Um, And all of this sort of culminates in one of the most recent chapters. As I said, I've been planning this episode for a few weeks. And the reason is that a few weeks ago in the manga, and keep in mind, if you're anime only, this is manga spoilers, but I will keep it as spoiler-free as possible. I'm only going to be speaking about a specific interaction between Bakugo and Izuku. Um... And 
Uh, if you are trying to avoid major spoilers, you should be okay to listen to this. But if you absolutely don't want to take that chance, uh, I would skip ahead uh, a couple minutes. All right? Okay. Um, so recently in the manga, the entire class was trying to um, speak out to Deku. And he was struggling to listen to them. But Bakugo came up and started reflecting on their relationship over the years. And as he talks about the way he secretly felt about Deku in various phases of their life, you actually see them depicted as those ages uh, in each panel. And eventually he just straight up says like, I was frustrated by you because it always seemed like you had something I was lacking. And I was so desperate to be the best that knowing that I didn't have everything, that you had something I was missing, it upset me. It hurt me. And so I was angry and I treated you badly. And he says, I'm sorry for everything I've done. And it's one of the most genuine things we ever see from Bakugo. And it shows that his character has grown. And what is especially hilarious is that right before that chapter came out, I was arguing with some people on YouTube. Again, they were arguing that Bakugo sucked and that he shouldn't be redeemed, and that he was always terrible, and they were like, he never even said sorry. I'm like, he clearly showed that he's sorry through his actions, through the times he's emotionally, you know, broken down and everything. They were like, well, he still didn't say sorry. I'm like, so if he said sorry, would you be okay with uh, Bakugo then? And they're like, yeah, then I would accept his redemption, but he'll never do it. And then like two days later, he said, I'm sorry. <laughs> And so then I was petty <laughs> and I posted that picture and I was like, yeah, motherfucker, what do you got to say now? And they were dead ass silent. They would not respond to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so, oh, I've never felt so powerful. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I'll I'll use this uh, moment to calm down a little bit and put in a small ad break. Okay, and we're back. I finally remembered to leave an ad break for once. <sighs> so, um, I I just talked a whole lot about his emotional journey, and you've spoken about his abilities. Um, you want to you want to take a bit to just talk about some random things that Baku has been a part of that we like or like what it what, what else do you want to say about Bakugo? I think one of my favorite scenes about Bakugo honestly would be when uh all for one kidnapped him. 
Mm. Yeah. And yeah, that whole yeah. <laughs> I'm no, bad no, at describe it. My my memory's kind of shoddy, and I'm bad at describing things. But you know what I mean. Do you want me to? Yeah. <laughs> so um, during their camping trip, uh, Bakugo gets kidnapped by. Uh, Mr. Compress and Dobby and the rest of the League of Villains Vanguard Action Squad. And he gets taken to the League of Villains hideout and he's kept there for like a few days tied to a chair until finally they start hitting him with that all we want to do is dismantle Hero Society because it's full of hypocrites and users and just bad people all around. Which, again, they're not wrong. Endeavor is the number two hero. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're like, uh, we're, we've got, you know, the ideology. And we've got uh, the skills. Well, you know, we're in it to win. And you like winning, don't you? And they think that that appeases to Bakugo because they see his primary motivation is winning. Uh, You know, victory no matter what. So they start to undo his restraints and a couple of them are like, what if he attacks? And they have the cocky thing of like, "He he won't. Like, he's not an idiot. He's actually pretty smart. He knows that he can't fight in this situation. And also... You know, I'm sure we're speaking to his heart here. And like in any other anime, releasing someone like that, saying they won't try to attack us, they know better, would result in exactly that. Not in my hero. The moment the last restraint comes off, he starts exploding people in the face. (laughs) And he... uh, I should point out, I watched the show in Japanese and the Japanese voice actor does a great job of having this low, almost growly, intimidating voice with him. Um, and he's just like, you really like to hear yourself talk, don't you? Why don't you jump out into traffic or something? Because you're never going to turn me. And then there's a flash of an image of him um, smiling at the image of All Might. And he just grins. He's like, I do want to win. I want to win just like All Might. And nothing you villains ever say or do can change that. And it shows... It, it That's the moment that I fully turned around on Bakugo. Because I used to be afraid he was going to do the Sasuke storyline. I thought he was going to be turned by the villains into a villain. I had seen enough anime. I'd seen it done enough times that I thought that's what they were going for. So it completely pulled the rug out from under me when he was given every opportunity and inclination to turn into a villain. And he said, fuck no. Turning into a villain right now would be abandoning my principles and my goals that I've had set for myself so far. It doesn't matter if you guys 
think you're going to win going forward. It doesn't even matter if I agree with you guys, because if I caved into your ideology, to your recruitment, that would be me losing to you. I don't want to lose, whether it's physically or mentally. I always want to win like All Might, so I'm going to fight you. <laughs> it was one of the greatest character moments I ever saw from him. It was that, that was the moment I went from finding him a compelling character to loving Bakugo. That was definitely a game changer for him. Yeah, season three was such a major development season because that happened. And then by the end of the season, he had his fight with Deku where he fucking, uh, it hurts. He broke down crying because ultimately the way he got out of that hostage situation was that a bunch of the heroes happened to rush in right then to rescue him. The charge being led by All Might himself. Uh, and then Bakugo got teleported away by All for One. All Might rushed to the scene to save Bakugo and fought All for One. And that was All Might's final fight. He used the last of the embers left behind by One for All. Used the goddamn United States of Smash! Just still one of the most baller moves I've ever seen in an anime. Um, beat all for one, but because of that, afterwards, he doesn't have all for one, or he doesn't have one for all anymore. Like, at all. None of it. He can still flex to look in his muscly form, but he can't actually use the power from it. So, he is now retired as a hero. And so, when confronting Deku towards the end of season three he's crying and he's like why did you get acknowledged by all might the hero i most admire while i was the one who ended him and izuku has like a horrified realization because for half the season bakugo hasn't said much of anything about it there's one part where bakugo confronted All Might, asked him what Deku is to him, and when All Might refused to answer, he said, he's just my student, like you are. Bakugo was just like, if you don't want to answer, that's fine. Oh, and thank you. And then walked away. But Izuku is now realizing that the entire time he was acting like it wasn't a big deal, Bakugo had been blaming himself for All Might's retirement. He thought that if he wasn't weak enough to get captured by the villains, then All Might could still be a hero. And he's tearing himself apart inside. And obviously there's more to it. He doesn't know the specifics of how One for All works. He doesn't know that All Might didn't actually have the power and that he was on a timetable and it was going to, you know, disappear even if he didn't fight all for one right then the next fight he had would probably be the end of it anyway or, or fight or two so it really wasn't Bakugo's fault but because he didn't know that he was just beating himself up so badly 
And that fight that they had as a result of that emotional outpouring wound up leading them to start respecting each other more and finally come to an understanding about each other. What, what I want to emphasize with Bakugo is he is a masterclass example at showing how someone with a lot of arrogance and pride can grow for the better. Again, it's the, sort of the opposite flow of the typical hero's journey. But sometimes that's realistic to light. Again, I'm an example. And I know a lot of other people are examples. A lot of nerds, especially, tend to be smart when we're young and shitty towards other people because of the way we're treated. And as a result, this is a big reflection of a lot of nerd culture. A lot of people need to go through this sort of growth of humility and learning to respect others and learning to respect yourself more really is what it comes down to as well. It's because again, the, the idea that you are the absolute best isn't really respecting yourself. It is placing an unfair expectation on yourself because now anytime you're not the best, you start hating yourself. How could you fuck this up? How could you not be the best? You're supposed to be. It's unhealthy. And <laughs> what's wild to me is that in the wake of Bakugo saying sorry in the manga, he wound up opening the floodgates that a bunch of people online got mad, saying that Horikoshi turned Bakugo into a bitch. Wait, really? Yeah, there are Bakugo fans that liked him being nasty and aggressive, but for the wrong reasons. I like it because he he's extremely stubborn, but he is trying to use that for the sake of good in the more recent seasons. But they liked it because they're actually toxic people. And when he shows signs that he's growing to be a better person, they get upset. And they were, there was literally a post by someone saying, I related to Bakugo so much. And now that you're doing this to him, you're completely changing his personality. I can't relate to him anymore. And that tells me that you're still a shitty kid in mind then. Maybe not body. I don't know how old this person is. But in mind, they have not grown because if you genuinely think Bakugo was fine at the start of the series, look, make no mistake, I defend Bakugo. I understand where he's coming from in the beginning of the series, and I'm willing to cut more slack to teenagers for saying horrible shit to other teenagers than for grown-ass adults or older teenagers even to do. But while I understand and don't crucify Bakugo over what he did in middle school, 
it still wasn't right and i wanted him to grow out of that and he did and if you did not want bakugo to grow out of that if you were happiest when bakugo was at his worst that means you're probably still at your worst you need to get over that shit <laughs> I don't know if I have much more to say about Bakugo right now. Is there any other thoughts you had? No. Hmm. All right. Well, it's a little bit of a shorter episode, but it's okay because I feel like, you know, in a way that's uh, appropriate. It's an explosion. It's quick, but powerful. Um, all right. Uh, oh, I will take this opportunity to mention I finally made a Twitter for Cape Corner specifically. So if anybody wants to follow, you don't have to see me bitching about politics um, or retweeting naked anime girls or whatever. Look, don't judge me. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> but uh, if you want to follow the show, it is at Cape Corner on Twitter. Apparently nobody else picked that name. So let's see. <laughs> um, you are Shitposter of America on Facebook. Um, still don't got a Twitter, huh? No. <laughs> All right, that's fine. You know what? It's valid. Don't get a Twitter. It's a hellscape. <laughs> Not that yeah. Facebook isn't. Facebook also sucks. But Twitter, it sucks in a different way. <laughs> um, join the Discord. We have a Cape Corner Discord. Uh, you know, there's some cool people in there. And if you ever have suggestions for the show, uh, even if I have stuff planned out, I will keep them in mind. So feel free to post whatever you want to hear. Uh, remember, this show does anime characters. It does superheroes. It does video game characters. It does, like, sci-fi characters. Uh, any sort of nerd shit because I'm a big old dork and I probably have at least some stock in any character that you're going to name. Um, unless it's like fucking what, what's his name? Kirito or whatever from Sword Art Online. My heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck that show. <laughs> uh all right uh oh and um if you are so inclined do not feel pressured to um but uh you can also support me there is a support button on my anchor page um and uh even if it's just like a dollar a month or whatever it's some insignificant amount every little bit helps me a little bit more i'm making a bit more money now so that's nice but i'm still not what you would call rich or even like middle class. So uh, any additional income I'm able to get will allow me to buy better equipment, a better setup. It will allow me to afford more time and energy and resources uh, into this podcast. Even if it's stuff as much as like I can buy better food. And so I will, you know, feel better as I air these episodes. Um, anything helps. So, 
if you want to hear increased quality from the show and you have a little bit to spare, that's a good way to do it. But if you want to help the show improve for free, share this show with a friend. Uh, get them to listen to an episode about my insane ramblings with my two co-hosts trying desperately to keep me in check. I'm so sorry for your job, by the way. Um, because the more it's spread around, uh, the more it helps, trust me. Uh, all right. Your closing thoughts, Jay? Closing thoughts? Uh... Bakugo is just an awesome character. Um, he's, I would say that he's definitely what Sasuke could have been. Yeah, we we already did the Sasuke episode, and he was a discussion about how a rival character with a lot of negative aspects can just be mishandled so poorly, and gets a redemption arc in the end but didn't deserve it mm. but i think bakugo is a great example of when a rival character with a bunch of negative traits you know flirts with being a bad guy but ultimately he makes choices that when he gets his redemption arc he does deserve it and it feels good it feels great actually to see bakugo become a better person so yeah where where i still enjoy naruto as a series overall i really do love what they do with bakugo in my hero academia (sighs) and allow bakugo to be an example for all of you at home if you ever feel extremely wrapped up in your feelings about some sort of skill or ability that you have and you start to take it personal whenever someone doesn't like revere you over that skill i understand how easy it is to get caught up in ego but we got to remember no matter how good of a human you are you're still a human we're still fallible and we still have limits We can always push those limits, but don't forget that they exist. Again, pride is not the antithesis of shame. It is the source. If you want to avoid shame, if you want to avoid spiraling into negativity, remember to always carry a little bit of humility with you. It really does go a long way. Being able to accept that no matter how good you are at something, there's probably someone that's better than you at it out there. And you know what? That's okay. In all of our hustle and bustle in our lives, we always feel the need to push for being the best. You don't need to be. What does that fucking matter? Be as good as you can be. Be as good as it takes to get the job done and get it done well. Really, you don't need more than that. Everything else comes from, like, envy. You know, you don't... It comes from a place of not being happy that you're doing so good, but being shitty that someone else is doing good, too. 
So every once in a while, when you're in, you, when you're feeling yourself for, you know, something that you're good at, remember to take a step back and accept where you are, you know, and if you can push forward, try to do it. And if you've hit your limit, learn to be okay with that. All right. I think that'll about do it. So everyone stay strong, stay true to yourselves. And remember, we can all be heroes. All right. I'm not going to lie. I was trying not to laugh when you said when, when you're feeling yourself. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, like, it's a phrase that makes me think of that sometimes too, but like, you know, it. I appreciate the restraint on your part. <laughs> <laughs>